Hello and welcome to episode 178 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. In this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, I'm joined by Olga Andrenko from SEMrush, who's going to share exactly how she put on a massive event for SEMrush. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of confident live video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content, content and, and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. This is episode 178 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. Now, we've been through a couple of years. We're not going to talk about those uh, the last couple of years we've been through, but we've had a lot of virtual events. I have been so busy producing live events. This year, I'm now starting to produce in well hybrid events, so the, the live streaming of in-person events. But uh, Olga's going to talk to us about a big event that SEMrush, the company that she, she works for, are doing. It's going to be a 24-hour virtual event last uh, next year. Why, why consider doing like a 24-hour stream? And why do a virtual event when everyone else seems to be uh, going to the in-person ones? So that's what we're going to be talking about. You know, most live streams are less than an hour. Um We've talked about four to six hour streams, but this is going to be 24 hours uh, as well. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Time to bring in my fabulous guest of today, who is Olga Andrenko from Semra. She's helped organize just um, lots of events, uh, and she is the VP of brand marketing for SEMrush. She is one of the key marketing leaders who has grown SEMrush from just 300,000 users in 2013 to the 10 million the company has today. She speaks at major marketing conferences and is the head judge at content and social media awards across the USA and Europe. Welcome to the show, Olga. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to have you. Well, we like to, uh, you know, put the red carpet out and, uh, you know, the crowds are cheering you. It's great to have you here. But uh, you're you're dialing in today from Barcelona. I know you're you're quite a globetrotter. Every time I go on to Facebook and LinkedIn, you're you're somewhere new. Um, So I I take it you love traveling. Yeah, I do. Um, And... Uh, right now, I try to do less um, and actually stay somewhere for uh, longer than three months. Uh, but yeah, I, well, the, um, I, even during 2021, I've been 
around quite a lot. Um, and I do enjoy moving around. Yeah. yeah, it's it's getting that balance, I think, isn't it? I think in 2019, I don't think I had that balance. I was moving around a little bit too much, even though I loved doing it. Uh, but then we've, a lot of us have not been able to do anything for the last two years. And, and yeah, suddenly we can do things. So, But there is getting that balance, isn't there? Now, we've, we've met a few times. I have a very happy memory. And in fact, if I was more organized, I would find a photo of us. <laughs> I think we're wearing party hats. And it was, I think SEMrush did uh, like some Christmas parties and you came yes. to my hometown of Manchester and it was great to see you and, and meet some of the, uh, the the guys there. But we've also, I think probably social media marketing world and places like that yes, uh, as well. Yeah. So well, Christmas party was fun. You, well, I was introduced to Christmas crackers that time. So I didn't oh, wow. know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so- I didn't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't, I think that's like a, originally a, like a German tradition that then came over to the UK, but uh, yeah, it, it is weird. All these different traditions that, you know, different countries have is is very strange, isn't it? So it's good to, it's good to do all that. Um, but yeah, no, it's been awesome to, I mean, I've, I, we've, we've known each other uh, for, for many years and bumped into each other at many conferences, but you've not been on the show and how rude is that? And you just uh, got in contact with me relatively recently and I thought, hey, Olga's on my list of people I want to have on the show, but we haven't made it happen yet. So why not do it? And that's what we're going to do today. So um, tell us a little bit more about what you do. I, I mentioned a little bit in in you know, for your bio, uh, you've been working with SEMrush for, for many years. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit more about your role, what SEMrush is uh, as well, and uh, just so that we can get to know a little bit more about you. So I've been building the brand for the nine years I've been with the company. And uh, I started as a social media manager and then uh, the team was growing. And I think that uh, social media is... Um, underestimated by a lot of companies still uh, but putting someone who is um, actually maybe like arrogantly saying overqualified for social media as I was I was uh, head of uh, sales and marketing for previous company and then I joined like uh, social media so I was thinking of ways how I can really connect with the audience and have a dialogue and not uh, do so much posting but rather connecting and that's how i started just looking at all mentions that Samrush um, had and started uh, replying to all of them and spending more time on the pages of people rather than inviting them on our page and uh, that's how also everyone got interested in the brand and uh, yeah, that's where the emotional connection was built. So from that point on, I knew the challenges and the dreams of our users. And that actually helped me to also um, be more influential within the company and also really understand how our voice can be like adjusted to uh, resonate with the audience more. Uh, so that's still what I do until today, but I have uh, more team members and we are running global campaigns and um, we went public uh, not long ago. Uh, so now um, those are like even bigger campaigns uh, with bigger budgets integrated, like all channels included. And um, yeah, like testing different messaging and venturing out uh, further to creators to small business owners, to solopreneurs, and uh, trying to help um, anyone who wants to make 
money online and then giving them the right tools to build their presence. That's that sounds good. I think like most people want to make the money online. I mean, some of us do, some people do it for fun, but uh, most of us, most of the audience, uh, to you know, listeners to this podcast, are wanting to do just that. And I was, I was thinking when you were speaking there, you know, in some ways, your job will have got easier in the sense that you've got a team, but. On the other hand, the company has grown and grown and grown. You, I think, was it 300,000 users back in 2013? And that's now how many million? So like, it's, it sounds like the job has really evolved and, and sounds like it's, it's, it's a lot more kind of involved now, I assume. Um, I, one of the things that, so maybe you tell us a little bit more about that, but also the, one of the things that I've always seen with you uh, and that I don't always see from people in similar positions is that you really you are a relationship builder. You get you, you're not just behind the computer. You're not just behind the campaigns. You actually go out there and meet people, like we as we did in Manchester. You know, you're actually getting to know the real people, and that I think is makes such a massive difference. When I think of companies, you know, another company I would say that's a bit like that is Agora Pulse. Uh, SEMrush is another one. Um, There are some companies that do what you're doing and there are companies that don't. And I won't name any names in that. (laughs) uh, But tell us a little bit more about uh, how your roles change, but also like a a bit more about the relationship side of things. Um, I think we are using the right balance of uh, automation and... um personalization, so to say. So if there's email marketing and you can build the nurturing funnels, you can automate things there. But also there's social media where if you automate things, it can go really wrong. So we uh, for yeah, we use, um, I have a whole team of people working in social media and the specific team who only um, are community builders, so they're not like broadcasting, they're not publishing, they're replying, they're uh, constantly tracking different uh, well communities, and they try to help the users. So um, this is where like we have like we have differentiation. There's digital marketing team who does a lot of an analytics side, and they're taking care of the channels. They're more like we. we um, they're more techy, maybe, and then we use automation there. But with the brand, uh, we work with influencers and we work with like our community a lot, and that's all. That's where our personality radiates. Um, and I was thinking yesterday between the difference in identity and personality of the brand, where identity is like is if a person like I have a passport. Like my name is Olga and I have an identity, but how I communicate, how I, like, um, how I speak and then how I behave, this is personality. And I think this is essential for the brand to have it. So that's what I try to really enhance in SEMrush. Mm. Well, so, so tell us a little bit more about what SEMrush is. Uh, because, I mean, it, it's a big company. I think a lot of people uh, will have heard of it or even used it. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, maybe, I don't know, uh, this is putting you on the spot, but maybe if you were to describe SEMrush in one tweet, or maybe I'll say two tweets, how would you describe that? And then I want to know, like, how would you describe the personality? If SEMrush was a person, uh, how would you describe them? First uh, question about SEMrush. So, uh, um there is so first like you build a website or you build social media and then there is a need for people to come in so 
the second step for people to come in, this is where SimRush uh, come, you know, uh, helps. So um, that's analytics um, and insights and actually tools to ensure that you're visible on search, social, across different websites, in ads. So we give all the tools needed to ensure that across these channels from short term to long term, um, you'll be visible and you'll get the attention and you won't have the fear like what if I built something and nobody's going to show up. That's not a t- one tweet, but <laughs> that, no, uh, yeah. that that'll do. And I, I would just add in there some of the some of the tools in there that I, I find really helpful. So as well as telling you how well you're doing, you can see like maybe yes. how how you rank on on uh, on Google, for example. Uh, but it also highlights problems that you may have. So I love the the audit part of SEMrush. So you can go in and it will say. Yeah, you've got some some problems there that are going to cause issues. You should sort those out, and uh, and it's. Rel- I mean, I'm I'm reasonably techie, but even people that I know who aren't techie, I think r- really find it fairly easy to use. It's an easy to use tool. It doesn't. It although it is, they give you. There's so many things in there. It's actually, I think the user interface is great. So we've talked maybe talked about we've talked about that, but personality. I'd, I'd love to know from you. Uh, what's if Semrush was a person? What? How would you describe them? We have three words. Uh, that's friendly, energetic, and bold. And so that means that we're um, we. Um, we talk in a very friendly voice, never talking down, like, and then always having this, uh, um, well, semi-formal um, voice and also energetic, meaning that we are inspired. Also, we just really uh, use a lot of verbs to ensure that like, that adds action uh, and bold, like we inspire to do bold things. We also are quite um, bold ourselves. We have, uh, like we, we're, uh, we have a lot of jokes on social and then even an email that we're changing this more to human, but to um, like someone you want to hang out with, like someone who's um, just cool, have jokes and, but uh, who would be humble as well. So that. That's, uh, that's awesome. And we're going to talk a little bit more about some of your social media campaigns, particularly with TikTok later. But I mean, that, that definitely comes across to me. You know, I mean, SEO and, and all this kind of uh, audit side of things can be quite geeky. And, and I think for some people, it can be almost intimidating. I think some people like they're, they're, they're trying to improve their their marketing efforts and they see a tool like SEMrush and they, they could be intimidated and think, oh, look, this is too complicated. And they're scared of asking like a like a silly question. But I, so I think that's where the friendly part of your outreach is, is so important. And I think that really comes comes across well. I I love, I, I have to say, I, I'm not always, I have to, I actually kind of, I've gone through a, a state of unfollowing a lot of pages on Facebook and on Twitter and stuff because it's like boring, but I've definitely not done that with SEMrush. I love, I just, it's entertaining as well, which is great. So let's, let's move on to um, live streaming. So I'd love to know, like, what's your experience been with live streaming, uh, some, some of the historical stuff, and have you made any mistakes? I always love to ask this question because I want to make people feel they're not alone. We all make mistakes. I mean, I've made mistakes at the beginning of this with my microphone. Um, does that matter? Is it the end of the world? No, it isn't. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about your experience and any mistakes that you've made. Yeah, so uh, we um, 
yeah, I was hosting a lot of webinars back in the days. Um, and uh, we were trying to use this OBS. It was just then a new thing. And uh, then you can upload the frame and then put the video on the frame. And then um, the, like, the text was just <laughs> upside down or not actually, well, all centered in the right way. So, um, yeah, it was very weird and awkward and that was too techy. And then when you're going live, then like everything is not great the last minute. Um, so, yeah, with OBS, that was a lot of um, uh, struggle at first. So I think that's uh, where... Um, the, this is the mistake that actually are very frustrating when you're alive, when uh, when something is not good. So we had also um, in SEMrush, like it was not my webinar, but uh, we had an issue where just uh, um, the speaker was on uh, already pre presenting and then I was live tweeting on that webinar and then uh, the speaker was just gone. And the host was there for 10 minutes. Uh, and um, I was like, I was cheering up for the host because he actually kept uh, the audience, like nobody, um, well, like nobody signed off. And then everyone was so interested, like what's going to happen, how he's handling the situation. But that was a very, very, very awkward um, moment. And yeah, that's like a lot can happen during live. Um, so that was probably like things that I but can... That's all that's, that's awesome, isn't it? Because like for you behind the scenes, it was really awkward and probably quite stressful. I, I can imagine I would get stressed, but like to the audience, like if nobody was was leaving and they were really yeah. interested, it actually shows that sometimes if a mistake happens or like some kind of problem, it's, it's actually how you deal with it. And if you're like a deer in headlights and you panic and, and then that's not a good way to deal with it. But if you just like, if you're chilled out, if you kind of almost laugh at yourself or, you know, and you make fun of the situation, but that, that, that sometimes takes time to, 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 to get there. And oh yes, OBS. That's how I started too. I remember those days. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot easier these days. And I assume for your event next year, you're not going to be using OBS. <laughs> no. No, but I, I always remember this uh, very uh, great advice that uh, someone gave me. I don't remember who. Uh, well, it was probably a public speaking coach where he says, like, always remember that when you're on stage or well, when you're putting the event uh, on, that uh, the audience wants you to succeed. Um, and I always try to remember that when like something happens even on stage, that like everybody, um, like they, they're here for you, they're listening to you, and they actually want to benefit from it too. So they want you to succeed no matter what. And that's so that's so true, because I think in our minds, we've talked about this on the show, uh, the whole mindset side of things. Sometimes there can be this negative voice in your head that thinks, says to you, like, everyone hates you, they want you to yeah. fail. And there might be one or two people like this, I don't know, narcissists, psychopaths, like your enemy, I don't know, people, but like, forget about them they're, they're not the people that you're talking to the rest of the people they they are wanting you to do well and that's so right thank you for sharing that Olga because I, I think we can't be reminded about that too much um, Reg is saying that's happened to me so I assume that was yeah one of the problems that you were talking about Olga and I don't want to I don't want to like be negative about OBS I'm not, I mean OBS is a great tool but 
probably if you have a tech team. If you've got like a big tech team, they, you know, and they're all doing it. But for a lot of these events, and I, I want to know a bit, um, obviously, more about your, well, how you're going to be doing it. But for a lot of us, it's just us doing it. For this, uh, I don't actually have a, I mean, I do have a team um, that works with my business. But this show itself now, I'm producing this show all myself. I'm streaming it myself. I'm interviewing. I'm hosting. Everything is just me. And... So using software that's easier to use is so important. So tell us about um, tell us a little bit more about your event. I've got I've got the website up somewhere. Let's just see. Uh, tell us more about the event uh, and when it's happening and a bit more about it. Yeah. So the website is still in the development, um, and uh, this the event is called Global Marketing Day. So it's event powered by Semrush. Uh, it's not uh, our uh, brand event. Uh, one of the reasons why I uh, well recommend uh, doing the like non-branded events is because then speakers are not pressured like to decide whether they want to be associated with the brand or not. And then we wanted. Uh, um, speakers from like Twitter, Google, um, other companies that uh, would not even be allowed to join if that was Semrush brand event. Uh, so that just makes things easier. And uh, we have a global audience. Uh, so I was thinking uh, when we first came up with this idea that our audience is global. We're succeeding with the video uh, and then with webinars and uh, they bring in um, awareness and also new leads and we wanted really to have the audience that wasn't even familiar with SEMrush. So uh, non-branded event uh, that where uh, people will learn from the biggest um, brands. Uh, that was something that resonated with me personally. So I thought I would want to be a part of this event. I would want to sign up. And uh, for us, uh, um, the event needs to be free, so we would like put it to whoever wanted to attend. So that's ultimately uh, what where the idea came from. And then one of my biggest <laughs> pet peeves when it comes to um, videos and lives is uh, when um, the sound goes off or there is a very very like weird background where like uh, somebody was live streaming from the kitchen and then i can like basically it's just uh when it's very messy uh and um i wanted to avoid that um so we decided that we'll bring everyone to the studios um and also we then realized we need a lot of studios and to ensure the event is global since it's global marketing day we need to stream it from various continents so that's how we in 2019 when we first run it and that's like we never run it afterwards and uh, we chose sydney we chose london new york and san francisco as the studios and in my head i had this image of one studio and another being on the same screen as it's on tv um, so we actually did it so uh, there was six hours for sydney six hours for london six hours for new york and uh, we finished with san francisco with six hours there so that's how um, it was initially uh, uh, organized and that was the fifth studio uh, we call it Master Studio, where uh, that pulled all of the streams uh, from different um, studios. 
and then stream it to the website and stream it to to the YouTube. So like to actually be able to gather two streams from two different locations and merge it together. And also to ensure that the signal is sustainable and we're not passing over signal from one studio to another. Wow. So that that's I mean, this is this is a really interesting case study here, because uh, when a lot of people think about these long events, uh, they, they it is all virtual. So people are coming in as guests. But I, I totally like uh, get your concerns with the fact that like, not everyone has decent equipment or background, you know, they might be in the kitchen or in the bath even or well, hopefully not but you know that it, it could be anything and you know although you say to you can give everyone a checklist and we i always gave my guests a checklist um on the whole all my guests seem to have it, it's, it's always excellent i mean you know but you just never know and because it's you want to uh, th- this is partly because you want to put forward uh, you know your brand you want to, this to be professional the only way really you saw of doing it is to basically get yeah. these uh, these studios. I mean, that, that must be like a huge undertaking. Uh, before we talk about that, I just want to, to just to make sure I've got you right. So you used StreamYard for all of this. Is that right? No, there was, oh, I okay. think, some proprietary tech. I, well, oh, okay. Was, so that was the, uh, re, the professional studio. We used the satellites uh, to have the signals like through them. And then this all was collected in professional um, uh, streaming that would be used for TV. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. No, I thought you said StreamYard at some one point, but no. So, so yeah, so it was all, it was all kind of satellite linked to one place. And it was a dedicated place, a dedicated team, presumably. And you can tell us a little bit more about this in a bit. I'll be interested to know who were then organizing the streaming and and then that was going out um i think yeah so i i was the only thing i will say to to for, for you watching listening uh if you do not have the budget for that side of things then using a web-based tool like Streamyard or restream is probably uh, a really good idea here i although i'm a massive fan of ecamm and, and those kind of tools if you're going to do a big event you don't want the stream to go down and the advantage with a web-based tool is that the stream will continue Throughout it. Having said that, for 24 hours, um, so where, where did you stream to? Which platforms did you stream to, Olga? So we we streamed through YouTube to the website. So we really yeah. wanted people to, like, we wanted to lead them to the website because they could, um, then they register. So this the stream was free, the conference was free, but they needed to register. That's how we got the email and the information uh, from the user. And then they we had this, like the, the video, we also had the program, we had um, then um, like the announcement of what was live, what was coming up next. So there was a full calendar and uh, there was also the window for everybody to type in questions. So that's where our, our team was. So during uh, also 24 hours, uh, we had I believe 36 people for like for support and going to back office who uh, who was um, monitoring the well the chats uh, the email um, the YouTube um, comments as well um, so we could actually just take shifts and yeah. manage it. No, that's awesome. So that's 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 great. So like 
you weren't just going live to YouTube or I mean or Facebook or whatever. Yeah, the, the, the point website, the, yeah. the point of this was to get people to the website. And I think that's really smart. And YouTube is that's really probably the best way of doing it because you can embed the YouTube video on the website. And you, in effect, it sounds like you were kind of almost using it like a webinar. I mean, it wasn't a webinar, yes. but but you were getting people to register it for it and okay. get people to to the website, uh, which is it's amazing. So I just want to bring in, I've got a few comments from Reg. Uh, thank you, Reg, for all your comments. So just a comment about OBS. Uh, so like, as I said, we're not we're not knocking OBS. Uh, it's just, but you've said here. Let me just see. OBS is a great in-depth tool, but there's uh, different tools for different needs. I was a stream lead for an event recently, and OBS is a hard tool to use uh, for remote for a remote control multiple panel rooms. Yeah, so de- definitely would recommend a simplified tool uh, like Ian uses when you want to declutter complexity. OBS scales better when you have a team, and I think that's basically what you were doing, wasn't it? Um, you were. Let's see, how do I get rid of that? It's, it's um, decided to die on me. There we go. Um, so that's that's what you decided, Olga. You know, uh, this wasn't, wasn't something that you personally were going to do. You were uh, getting a, a dedicated team to deal with that, yes. uh, which is important. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, Reg is saying, a lot of people don't know or take for granted the complexity for things to go yeah. smoothly. So Reg is asking, uh, so is does having a team make things easier to stream? I'm just... Um, interested in your thoughts on that uh, why didn't you do this try, try to do this yourself i think it's just uh it's a, yeah it was impossible for this uh scale of event there was a professional team i think of four people in the in the master studio plus uh, three people from our side because uh, we had this, uh, so there was 48 sessions during 24 hours and uh, each session had one speaker and two guest experts plus the host. Um, and uh, some of the speakers, they just uh, like, we, well, one of the speakers in London, they just, like, she just uh, bailed out last minute uh, and then she couldn't like, make it. So then we had plan B and plan C for this. But um, if you're live streaming, then you need to change everything on the website, uh, also uh, on like frames. Um, that will be showing on the screen, uh, so that's like that's impossible when you're doing it on your own. Yeah, um, I was just going to sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say that it's so important to have those what if scenarios. Like, what if one of the speaker decides not, yeah. not to turn up or is sick or something like that? What if the stream goes down? What if one of the studios, the satellite dishes break? I, you know, so I'm sure you did all of those things. And I've had that situation when I've been uh, streaming a, an event. Like, what if my internet goes down? Do I have a backup? You know, what if, do we have a recording of one of the speakers? So I, so tell us a little bit more about that. Because I think, I think those what if scenarios are so important for like a mission critical event like this. This was like, this was a big deal for you. Uh, you presumably you had a lot of people registered. There was a lot at stake for this. Uh, and a lot of presumably a lot of money that yeah. went into it. So tell us a little bit more about that. And uh, you know, what, what was the planning that went into the what ifs? So we had a rundown, uh, well, second by second. So we knew what's going to happen at any second or minute. We knew uh, when the speaker is going to show up, who's going to make them. Also, we had a bit of a makeup there. We also uh, prepped two guest experts who are ready uh, to join um, once the speaker ended uh, their 15-minute 
um, presentation. And then uh, we also had an agreement when some of the guest experts who are not meant to present uh, to have the presentation ready, just in case someone of the speaker speakers will not make it. So we used ex, well, extra people we have already on in the green room to ensure that um, like we would give them more visibility in the event, and then they would then like prepare something uh, for us in advance. Also, we had a few pre-recorded sessions just to ensure that we have uh, the plan C. And uh, also some of the hosts were also ready to present uh, in some locations, just in case as again, the plan, uh, <laughs> uh, plan D. So uh, that was, uh, and also we had like a um, plan A lineup, then it was for each session, uh, if a speaker doesn't show up, if the um, guest expert doesn't show up, and uh, so how we how we did this, this uh, the speaker was from a brand uh, and two guest experts were from marketing agencies and they kind of like we had uh, so 15 minutes. Every session is 30 minutes. Every uh, 15 minute is the speaker presentation. 15 minute is a discussion with three of them host moderating and uh, getting the best questions uh, from the uh, from the attendees chat uh, that are pre-selected by someone on my team. And um, so that's how like every 30 minutes we have it. And there was one minute for transition from one session to another. Uh, so within like a very, very short time, if we had a hiccup, then we had like only 30 minutes sometimes like hour to make turn things around and then to plug in like another visual for coming up next and then through three people who will be in the next session no that makes sense so like for, if for people who are thinking about putting on a big event like this um what uh, ha, ha, where was this this document with all the you know the some different scenarios would, would you recommend like a like a google sheet an excel spreadsheet, yeah, spreadsheet. Yeah, yes. so a spreadsheet, yeah. that's how you would do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, the whole that. thing is in rundown, and that's uh, the, any event manager would know what the rundown is. So uh, we hired uh, the event manager who's actually building uh, events uh, like, um, well, the opening of Olympic Games, Formula One. We are very lucky to find her. Wow. Now she's in Qatar for... Um, for the uh, World Cup, and uh, she, yes, yeah, she does it freelance. So she was um, like for one year on my team, um, and then she really like getting that uh, level of talent really also allows us, like, allows any team to make things very differently. Because from the events perspective, um, like there are a lot of uh, mistakes we would have made if we wouldn't have someone. Uh, on the team of that caliber. But um, I think uh, also very important to mention, it looks maybe or in sounds a bit more expensive than it was, like the production, not the promotion, but the production was around $120,000 for, for the old studio rent, for the master studio, uh, excluding the help from the internal team during the event, I think th this was massive. Uh, that was like our internal power uh, with a lot of employees uh, help uh, in from different teams in SEMrush. But like overall the studio rent, the tech 
um, their website, like everything that was, yeah, wow. hundred. That's, I mean, that's, that's amazing. I mean, in some ways that sounds like a lot of money, but when you think about what you were getting for that, I mean, you were hiring studios all around the world. There was all these people involved, you know, I mean, that, that is amazing. And the, the quality of what you got, I mean, this, this was like, proper quality this was not like what you normally see i mean believe i mean i'm not knocking this show but this you know this this is a, a cut above what we're doing here on this show um because you were wanting to to put on this really really professional event that just was that could, would stand up stand out and get people watching and listening and engaging with it so i'm i'm a, i'm really interested um it, more about the team here so you talked about your event manager mm -hmm. uh it would be great if you could share, like, because obviously you were not doing this, and you've already shared this. You were not doing this on your own. Uh, this would not be something that one person yeah. could do. Can you tell us a little bit more about the team involved? So, you, obviously, you've got your internal team, but you 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 hired people in. You had hired an event yeah. manager, and and there was a streaming team. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, and uh, how you and also, I'd be interested. In, how did you then go about? How did you re how did you work out who you needed for this? Mm -hmm. How did you find them? And uh, a little bit more about that. So um, uh, there was a, well, there needs to be one person who just is responsible for making things happen. So that's the project manager, and uh, I had a very promising, uh, very young um, uh, manager on the team, and then she was. Um, in, my, in our regional German uh, marketing team. And then I just pulled her to work on the bigger um, range of countries. And then I just saw that she needs uh, quite a, like a bigger challenge to really, un well, also just to amplify the strengths. Uh, she's never done anything remotely close to that. But I just, I love like, well, giving people the challenge that would really stretch them and then uh, grow them so i asked her if she would be um game she said yes uh, so we had her and then uh so she was just uh, responsible for collecting everyone and then also just um she started working with the event manager so that was two people then there was also a campaign manager she was uh, working on um, on co-marketing uh, co or, or partnerships because we were using a lot of support from our partners uh, announcing the, well, the event from well, in their newsletters. And uh, also she was uh, responsible for every email that went out. So we uh, asked people to register. There was a confirmation email and then there was announcements for the guests. There were also emails for our existing audience and again for partners. So she was taking care of all the campaign promotion and also launching everything on Facebook and Instagram. Actually, social media ads brought majority of uh, the audience and 80% of the audience that we gathered was new to Samrush. And so those are three key people. Then we needed a uh, program manager and speaker manager. So that was a fourth team member. Uh, she was working, she was working on outreach on the topics and then assembling everyone across four locations. And that was uh, also, you probably know him, Anton Schulke. Mm. Um, he was on my team back then. He was um, head of the webinars. And uh, he was working also on another 
uh, part of the speaker list. So um, he was in charge of the guest experts. So he needed like to get uh, around like 200 people uh, and also different locations. So that was like five people team. And there was a tech team who ensured that the website will um, will not crash if we have thousands of people um, coming in to watch. Uh, and um, they were running different tests to ensure that if we even get like 100,000 people or whatever more, then uh, the website will be uh, continuously running without any um, issues. And they were um, running uh, the show pretty like, so that was a test. So they streamed something on YouTube like for 24 hours nonstop to ensure that, and then also they put artificially traffic on the website to ensure that um, it was all sustainable. So that was, yeah, that was a tech team um, to do that and like, well, just ensure that everything is um, up and running. And that's, uh, that's the team who was working on the project like for, for six months. Wow, that's that's fascinating. So, so this was this was back in 2019, and yeah. and then 2020, 21, 2021 happened. We're not going to talk about what happened in those years because we don't want to get <laughs> depressed or anything like that. But whilst everyone else, it seemed in the world, was going online and going virtual, you didn't do this again. Uh, and now that we're kind of going back to in-person events, you're decided to bring this back for next year so it seems a little bit kind of counterintuitive or what you know so tell us a little bit more about the thinking about this you know why are you doing it this way uh why are you doing it starting this again next year and how is it sorry so many questions there how is how how is this going to be any different to uh the one that you did back in 2019 um so we wanted this to be in the studios with the proper sound and then proper um yeah like visual and um it wasn't possible uh because we couldn't bring people uh in any studio and then this change of one minute in between sessions uh, we couldn't even like we would need to ensure uh safety and then cleaning everything like and then also having ensuring that there's enough space for everybody um in the green room like that was just not possible and we wanted didn't want to sacrifice any of it and then make it virtual from everybody's home because of the potential technical issues and also with so many online events competing with each other we thought that we will never get the audience that we would be aiming for so that's what we decided that we make a pause and then see what happens and uh yeah in 2021 it didn't get any better in that regard and then also we planned we think we started thinking that we will do it in well this year but also uh with preparation and also we want to have the like a six-month flight or a five-month flight of promotion to ensure that we get people um to well to sign up and to to watch it so that's why we're working we started working this um, summer and then we plan for February 16th uh, 2023 and that gives us enough time to for outreach and uh, also to yeah for the speakers and also to build everything and uh, to have enough time for promotion also given that December will be low um, season and then nobody really uh, signed up for anything 
and uh, in terms of what's different. Uh, so no San Francisco, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a very difficult city in terms of the studio. And also I, was, I wanted to limit it to just one studio and then run it for 24 hours, but that's not going to happen. So we still need a master studio. We haven't decided where it's going to be. Uh, we're going to start in New York, uh, then stream um, to Dubai and then to London. Uh, so and also we're going to fly the speakers like we uh, so we will find a lot of speakers in London or in UK. But we might also consider flying someone in from Europe. Then in New York, we'll just fly uh, people uh, from different locations or with uh, like our team in Boston can take the train and uh, Dubai actually allows us so there are a lot of interesting companies in Dubai there's also like Tel Aviv is only two hour flight and whole Asia like India is also very close so that allows us to in invite great speakers with different backgrounds with different companies across the world with those three main points. Awesome. I think the people in London are going to be very sad that you're not flying them out to Dubai, but I'm sure they'll cope. <laughs> but, but so like how, uh, so you, you've mentioned a few things that you're doing differently. You've got fewer studios. You had uh, maybe a slight problem with, with uh, San Fran um, studio there. Uh, were there any, any bits about uh, the 2019 thing that didn't go quite according to plan? It sounded like everything went amazingly, but what what did you learn from 2019 that you're doing differently in 2023? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we started in Sydney, uh, time zone, uh, where and that's not a great time zone to start mm. um, because uh, US is already off and then Europe is still sleeping. So yes, we do have APAC, uh, but we also like we're losing still our primary audience. Um, and then with uh, actually starting from New York, we'll have Europe, we'll have like everyone online. Uh, so that's that's uh, like the, the morning or 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern would be the perfect time to to start the yeah. conference it was just like we're covering like 24 hours we're covering all the time zones but i just feel that the start of the event is so important and then um that's uh, yeah that that needs to to be um our us yeah that makes perfect sense you want to you want to start the event with a bang yeah. and you kind of want to end it with a bang so yeah. it's really hard finding that perfect time zone but that sounds that sounds about right it's it is really difficult well that sounds amazing if people want to sign up or find out more about this where's where's the best place is it uh, is it that website uh, that we yeah, global marketing day. Mm -hmm. yes globalmarketingday.com presumably dot com. yes dot com so check that out uh, this podcast episode comes out later in 2022 i'm not exactly sure when but uh, it's still before the you still have loads of time to register for that and i can't wait to to see uh what you're going to be doing there um i i was i was thinking originally when i when i was you telling me about this you are totally mad olga for putting on this event uh but now that i know you have this amazing team behind you it sounds like it's a it sounds like it's a lot more manageable and you've done it before so you kind of know what's happening so it sounds really exciting and i wish you all the best for that we're almost out of time and i know uh we were gonna you gave me kind of like with you i was talking to you about like what what would be good to talk about and you gave me two options 
Uh, and one of the options was what we've been talking about. You did mention about TikTok and uh, I, I kind of chose the one we thing we've been talking about. But I do want you to tell us a little bit more about what you've been doing about TikTok because I'll be honest, I'm... I, I, this is going to, I feel all the awful saying this, but I'm not the greatest TikTok fan, but I'm totally aware that it is like, it is massively popular. And it's something that I want to, to dive into a little bit more myself. And I know my audience is the same uh, as well. So tell us a little bit more about uh, what you've been doing on TikTok. And I'm going to get up the uh, SEMrush uh, TikTok page up. And so we can have a little, little, little look at that. So tell us a bit more about what you've been doing there. So we had a few not really successful attempts, and then we hired um, a, a team of stand-up comedians, uh, and then they started uh, well putting the small, fifteen-second uh, uh, sketches uh, about like office humor, and also like well, um, x amount of people search uh, where appendix is left or right. And here's one of the searches. And then there's a doctor actually just well, um, having a funny um, well, uh, situation where he asks the nurse where the appendix is. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it was just funny. Also, we were, uh, we were trying to tap into the, like, uh, the audience that would not know who Samrush is, but would really relate to the search. Uh, because everybody searches on Google, and uh, that's like that that uh, that would give us like a wider um, exposure. Uh, and then just uh, my goal is to now um, have everyone um, thinking okay, Semrush is something about marketing. So this is where like if we get there, it's also easy for us to well to introduce uh, more people to the platform. But uh, with uh, with uh, channels like TikTok, that's just entertainment, and uh, that's subtly um, hinting on what we are actually about as a brand. But yeah, I think uh, tapping in with humor here was like was a very successful attempt. We're still going. Where we're taking it further, we are uh, we were doing this only organically, so we never really pushed the videos uh, with paid. I think we missed um, out on the opportunity, and uh, it would have been even better if we did it uh, earlier. So. Um, yeah, I would say that. Well, I also checked Ryanair and Duolingo. This is the one of the like, two best references I can give in terms of brand accounts um, and, uh, on TikTok. So they're both also using humor um, and in a very subtle way. Well, Ryanair account is really hilarious. So I would also recommend to check. I need to. Um, I yeah, I need to. I need to follow follow them. And I, I think like if you if this is purely organic, I mean, it, it. I think you've done amazingly well on this because you know not that we should just look at the numbers, you know, the number of views, but I mean, they are they are good numbers that you're getting here, and they are they are funny. But like for, I mean, the thing about TikTok, it, it's would you say it's more about like brand awareness, getting people thinking about this? Because obviously. It's, it's not about kind of sending traffic. It's difficult to send traffic yeah. from a, from TikTok to, to externally. Is Tell us a little bit more about your thinking there. And the other thing I'd like to know, like for people like me who maybe aren't the greatest fans of TikTok personally, like if you're a, a small business and you're and you you're kind of unsure about whether to go on TikTok personally, you, you don't particularly like it, but you wonder whether it should be something, how would you... How, 
how, what would be your strategy for, for, well, for someone like me, who doesn't particularly like it, but probably should be doing it? Then you shouldn't be there. I think, uh, um, well, uh, for small businesses, I think Instagram now shows, well, offers bigger range of opportunities. And also, well, people go to Instagram and TikTok to search. Um, and But I go to Instagram, for example, if I want to have, well, I want to see the restaurant, uh, nearby, um, I might not go to Google. I will go. I will type in the hashtag, or I'll see like uh, what's around me. Um, and well, basically, I'll just go uh, and check the meals in Instagram, even if I found something on Google. Uh, I don't really necessarily like. I well, when reviews are really excellent, I might not uh, well really trust them. So I just want to see what's on Instagram. So I think both of those platforms now have really great power. Um, if you don't like the platform, if you don't feel that you can also do this, well, record the videos. If you don't have. Uh, um, like if you feel that your skills are elsewhere, for example, again with the well, reels and uh, TikTok videos, they're uh, similar, but still with reels, I think uh, like Instagram has a still a different vibe. Um, so you can just you should apply your skills to a platform. It's never like okay, everyone's on TikTok, I should be there too, because it might actually not work just because you're not enjoying. Uh, well, being there, and that would ruin the whole experience because people need to trust you. They need to see that you're genuine, your like true self. And if it's not, it doesn't acro come across that way, then I'm not sure that actually it's gonna work out. I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. It's so it's so true. I think there's there's this danger, particularly if you're a small business. You know, you don't have those resources necessarily, and you think you need to be everywhere, and you don't. It's it. it so I think as you t as you grow your team, potentially that can give you the resources yeah. to then to be able to put it in to other things. And I think for me, my my focus is on YouTube and LinkedIn at the moment, but I will I will revisit these in the future. But uh, it's been awesome to see what you you guys are doing at TikTok. It's been amazing to hear what you're doing with uh, taking live, a live event to the next level. And if you're interested in in seeing a little bit more about how to take things to the next level, then do check out uh, this event that SEMrush are doing. Can can people see part of the event that you did in 2019? Yes, there... yeah, on the website. Yeah. Yeah. So on the globalmarketingday.com, there, um, well, there are videos from past events. Awesome. So you can find out that uh, yeah. more about that. So how can people find out? Obviously, uh, you can go to SEMrush. You can go to the, uh, what's it called again? I keep forgetting it. Globalmarketingday.com. <laughs> That's the one. I keep forgetting. Um, how can people find out more about you, Olga? Uh, do, where do you hang out on social? How can people um, find out more about you and uh, get in touch with you? It's LinkedIn uh, or Twitter. Um, so two platforms I'm actively using. Awesome. Well, we'll put uh, links to Olga's uh, Twitter and LinkedIn in the show notes. And this will be it when the when the blog post comes out in the show notes for this will be at iag.me forward slash 178. I just tried to remind myself of the show. Uh, I can't when we're getting up to 178. I, I don't know where we are. But uh, thank you so much, Olga. It's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much uh, for your insight and uh, telling it just being really open about what you've done with your uh this, this whole event because it sounds amazing it really does uh thank you so much olga thank you very much for having me
Oh, it's a it's a pleasure. Well, we are at the end of the show. Uh, we've got another. I've got another couple of weeks off in August. August is a little bit of a quiet month for me, but we I will be back in September. We've got some more exciting guests, more things to talk about. So do be uh, do come back uh, and watch and uh, do get in touch. And of course, the podcast comes out every Friday. That'll be coming out every single Friday. No uh, stop with that. And you can find out more there if you go to iag.me forward slash podcast. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Videos. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Show us how to walk and a massive event.